0: I'm so sad that you felt and that that's part of the narrative that, that we're trained to live is that to be career oriented, you can't have kids. And I hate that you felt that way because, and that's, that's our society. That is a society that we live in, you know, and that's not how it should be. You should be able to do all the things. Hey there, CEOs. My name is Brandi Gar, and
1: I am on a mission to help you, the wedding industry entrepreneur, to ditch the overwhelm and build a profitable business you've always dreamed of. Welcome to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast. Today, we're talking about a topic that's super near and dear to my heart. I have three daughters, and two of them were born. While I had my business. And so Brittany came to me with this topic of taking parenting leave as an entrepreneur. And I immediately was like, yes, we have to talk about this on the podcast. We have to. And so today I get to chat with Brittany Dry. She is the founder of Love Inc. magazine. She's also an educator and a podcast host herself. And I really think that you're going to enjoy today's episode. We sat down and Honestly, just had a conversation about tips to prepare your business for leave, but also what it means really to take leave as an entrepreneur, um, what society tells us, and how we can change that narrative as business owners. You know, America is made up of small business owners. And so it's really up to us to start to change the narrative around leave and having children and setting boundaries and all the things. So this. Episode ended up being really one of my favorites to just sit down and have a conversation. So I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you already have children or you're thinking about having children as a business owner, this is gonna be a really inspiring episode for you. So hopefully you can hear it and you can say, yes, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Brittany was incredibly transparent in this episode as well in her story and kind of how her and her husband are working through having twin 19-month-olds and an older four-year-old. So you guys sit back, relax, and listen to this conversation with Brittany Dry. You guys, today I get to sit down in the studio with Brittany Dry, and today's topic is going to be a lot of fun. We've been chatting a little bit before the show, and I really, really cannot wait to dig into it. So Brittany, thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh, excited to talk on this topic. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so Brittany, can you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and your background before we kind of dig into all the juicy stuff?
0: Sure. So I run the wedding publication Love, Inc. magazine. I started it in 2013 um, when I realized just how heteronormative the wedding industry was. And the whole essence of Love, Inc. is that we are an equality-minded wedding publication, so equally representing both hetero and LGBTQ plus love. And we are a blog. We are a an annual print publication print publication. And um, I have a wedding planning podcast as well called Inclusively Yours. So I do all the things. Um, Yeah. And then I, you know, I'm a mom. Right. (laughs) Oh
1: my gosh. How many kids do you have, Brittany?
0: I have three. I have a four-year-old who she'll be turning five in a couple of weeks. And then I have 19-month-old twins. That's crazy.
1: I did (laughs) not know that your twins were that young. Okay. That's a lot.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's pretty chaotic in my house most days.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so now I can see, too, why this topic is so passionate for you, why you're so passionate about it, because really, as an entrepreneur, it is so difficult to think about. How am I preparing my business for you know leave? How am I even going to have babies? How am I going to take care of babies? How am I going to fit all this in to being an entrepreneur? So, can you tell me a little bit about what made you start to pull together this topic? Like, what made you think, okay, we need to start speaking
0: more on this? You know, having gone through the experience of of getting pregnant and having kids and trying to run a business, like the walls are against us. We this the way the system is currently placed um it's not right, and it really you know, I don't try not to get on my soapbox too much, <laughs> but it's it's not in in a equal or equitable way for those who do want to have children. I agree with you,
1: and so what was your experience like? Having your almost five-year-old versus the twins, like did you – you were an entrepreneur for both of them, right, for all of your children?
0: I was. So with the twins, I kind of went into it a little bit more prepared and knowing what I had to do. With my eldest, I started preparing – way too late into the pregnancy. (laughs) Um, Luckily, she was right on time, so it wasn't an issue. But with the twins, I knew especially being a twin pregnancy, the likelihood of them arriving early was high. So I put things in motion basically as soon as I found out I was pregnant. Um, I increased my rates. I started bulking the post for the blog and for social carving out a little bit of time each day so that I didn't have this huge pile of work to to try and tackle, you know, a few months before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, I mean, I think we all live and learn that way, right? <laughs> it's like the first one you're like, okay, I definitely was not quite as prepared as I thought I was. And so hopefully some of the entrepreneurs that are out there, business owners that are listening – they even have this on the horizon. I can think of several that I know that listen to this show that are going to be like, okay, tell me, tell me how to do this. You know, um, I, I feel like I had a similar experience to you. My first daughter, I was in corporate America, but for my second, who was born when I was a fairly new entrepreneur, maybe three years in business, I was definitely not prepared. And I tried to hide my pregnancy from my clients. I'm, I'm not really sure why, but I felt like I had this feeling that they wouldn't take me seriously, mm-hmm. and so I struggled with that. Did
0: you ever have any of that? Not really. Um, it, I had that more after oh. being a parent. Oh, I can't take this meeting at 5 p.m. because I got to go pick up my kids. Yes, I've, I'm. I hit that a lot. I still do, and. I don't want to say like I get resentful about it, but it's hard to feel like you, you know, especially being as an entrepreneur, there's this like hustle attitude which oh that's toxic, you know, in itself and not conducive to being a parent. And and there's this like hustle attitude amongst entrepreneurs and feeling like we have to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. And so with my first, um I was still doing emails in the middle of dinner. And I was still doing text messages and slacks. And after having the twins, like I like physically could not just because there's so much going on. But I wish I would have not done that with my first either and just been present because it's dinner time. I'm allowed to have dinner time with my family. And it's up to other people to understand that these are business hours. And as entrepreneurs, we have to set those boundaries. That is crucial
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Honestly, I feel like I've learned with each one of my children how to set m- more strict boundaries for myself and really I tell my team all the time and my students like if a client takes advantage of you that's your fault. It's not the client's fault because the only way for them to be able to do that is if you actually answer them at the crazy hours like right. it's it, you know they can you know, send you a message or send you a text, you're the one answering it. So you you don't have to do that. And I think, you know, for me, Acuity or Calendly or any of the online schedulers I use Acuity, I feel like it has helped me so much because I set my available times and that's what people get to see to book with me, you know? So instead Mm -hmm. of somebody having to reach out and say, can you meet at seven o'clock on Tuesday, you know, 7 PM, I'm like, I feel guilty saying, no, I shouldn't, but I do. So, but it's just not available on my online scheduler. So I feel like that's helped a lot, actually.
0: Absolutely. No, that's such a good tip. And I think setting those boundaries at the very beginning Mm -hmm. so that when you have those initial onboarding calls, they know going into it, okay, this person is not available. So write it in your contract. (laughs) I am not available, you know. I agree with you. And you know, for anybody that's listening that's like, okay, this isn't
1: doable in the wedding industry. At one, I promise you that it is. But also, I just want to remind you again that because you're a business owner, you get to decide. So, you don't have to have banker's hours. You know, like I personally now that my kids are much older, I do run more banker's hours. It just makes sense for my my kid's schedule. But when they were little, I, a lot of times, needed to be more available to them during the day, and so I worked more at night. So you get to decide those hours. Don't feel like because you allow you know clients to call you till 7 p.m. that you're in breach of some you know wedding industry rule. That's not true. You get to decide what works best for your family, which I think is one of the coolest things about being a business owner.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you have to really outline what that looks like, Where? what time of day are you most productive. And you can absolutely you absolutely change it to, to fit your personal schedule because, you know, that's one of the perks of being a business owner is that you can make those own calls.
1: Yes, yes. Okay, I love it. So Brittany, what were some of the things that you feel like you did better the second time around? What are some tips that people could take away from this to maybe prepare their own business for leave or you know, or just preparing to have children?
0: I am definitely on the page of increasing rates because you do have to have that stash ready. (laughs) You know, assuming that you're going to take leave and entrepreneurs, there is no federal, you know, there are some options for freelancers in certain states, but it's a whole thing. So, you know, I'm just going to make the assumption you are not being paid while you're on leave and it sucks we are i think the only you know large co- country that doesn't have yep. federal law stating parental leave is paid so that is a whole other you know
1: <laughs> whole other thing but i mean i'd love to to sit on that for a second cuz we were talking about this a little bit before the show and you know the finances i, th- I honestly feel like sometimes that's the last Thing we're thinking about is, you know, the the beginning is how are my clients going to feel about this? How are they going to be taken care of? Especially in the wedding industry, because we are we we're customer service minded. Most people in this industry are always thinking about how to serve others, which is wonderful. Um, but the finances sometimes I feel like are almost the the last thing you you think about. And Brittany, you shared an article with me before the show. I'm di- I'm dying to talk about it because I'm like this fits in so well. Um, But can you tell us a little bit about this Reddit article that you came across?
0: Yes. So this went viral early in March, like early March. It is a Reddit thread. And this dad was this dad to be. So they, um, it was a couple, a hetero couple. They were not married, but they split finances like 50-50. The uh, woman is, I mean, she earned like $175,000 a year. She's very successful. And they wanted to have children. They split finances, right? So all communal expenses, mortgage, vacations, bills, everything. So the woman is like, "Okay. You want we're splitting, right? Pay me $50,000." <laughs> and I love that because and she, I mean it and it wasn't just a number out of thin air. Mm-hmm. She drew up like this huge, I think it was like a 16-page binder on the expenses of having a baby and what her corporate job would pay. And I think it was like 50% of – she would lose 50% of her income during those six months of maternity leave. And what it costs to birth a child, and and the missed work from appointments, et cetera, et cetera. So she broke down the finances of what it means to have a child and to birth a child. And this, I mean, the man was just appalled. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, like, it. You want me to pay you to have my kid? And I'm just like, this woman is a badass. Like, <laughs> she is smart. Honestly, fifty thousand dollars. She's like downplaying it. Yeah. (laughs) If anything, she could have charged him a lot more. And it really shed light of the financial hit that that pregnant people take, or even, you know, they may not have the the appointments, but there's a lot of time off when you are going through adoption or you're going through surrogacy um, that you have to take before the baby arrives. And then of course after the baby arrives. So anyone who's wanting to be a parent, there's it just really shed light on the finances and the financial hit that we take. Yeah. And yeah, the man was just appalled. And I mean, I think he was like pretty raked through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm reading through some of the comments, which
1: are crazy. And you guys, the the article or the post itself was actually taken down. It doesn't say whether it was taken down by the couple or you know by Reddit. I'm sure it was taken down by the couple. But Or the guy, because he, you're right. Like some of these comments that have been put in this article are scathing and understandably so, because, you know, you think about it and you're like, okay, well, at very first glance, it's like, well, yeah, that's weird to ask your partner to pay you to have a child. However, in their relationship, they had already predetermined that they would split all of their costs 50 50. They both had careers, they both paid into all of these things. So, Why would it make sense for her to lose a significant amount of income, career advancement? Like there's so much to it. I agree with you. I thought after reading it, I was like, yeah, $50,000 is not that much money for him to pay. And so I, I find it super intriguing though. And what I also was wanting to point out is like when I had my first daughter, my husband and I were married, but it was... Quite a surprise. I know that sounds ridiculous because everyone knows how babies are made, but it still was a shock to both of us. And I had no intention of having children really so early in our marriage. And I'm being super transparent. Can you guys tell? And so (laughs) I, but I was career minded. Like I really did not want to have children until I was 35. And I wanted to really escalate my career. So when I found out I was pregnant, my Im- initial thought was devastation to my career. I know that sounds terrible for anybody out there that's like, wait, you're becoming a mom. I came around to it, but that was not my initial reaction. I was like, I I want to have a career and all the things that women have to go through to have a baby, to stop, and your body has to change and do all these things. So I will say I found this article awesome. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And we can link it in the show notes if anybody wants to read it. But I think it just goes to show that there's so much more than just, oh, I won't be able to work for a little bit. It's it's career advancement. It's all the doctor's appointments. And it's the fact that you want to bond with your baby after,
0: you know, there's just downtime. Significant. Yeah. And that, And I'm so sad that you felt and that that's part of the narrative that, that we're trained to live is that to be career-oriented, you can have kids. And I hate that you felt that way. Because And that's that's our society. That is a society that we live in, you know? And that's not how it should be. You should be able to do all the things. I mean, I 100%
1: agree with you. My oldest is 16 now. She fully
0: knows this story. And so, you know, it's
1: not a shock to anybody. But I will say, at the time, I was incredibly blessed to have a boss that recognized how difficult it was to leave and did everything in his power to make sure that anyone on his team had 14 full weeks paid of leave. And he made it so easy on us to come back and things like that. So I definitely was in a great environment. But I agree with you that it's like, that's not the norm. And with my second baby, I hid it from my clients for such a long time, because I do think that people either don't take you seriously, they don't think you can hustle as much, to be honest, I do think that that's somewhat true in in terms of, like, I don't want to hustle as much as I did before I had kids because I want to be present for my children. And I think that's obviously each individual's choice, right? But how do you feel about that, Brittany, that, you know, that narrative that you you can't do as much as somebody that doesn't have kids?
0: I mean, I've definitely had a pullback. back. Mm-hmm. And it's made me so much happier. And I think that whole hustle attitude, I think there's a difference between hustling and just being career-minded and smart and a hard worker. And this attitude, especially within the entrepreneurial world, that like we were saying, you need to answer text messages at 9 p.m. It's not healthy. And I think having gone through the last two years – really shed light on that just for everybody, not even just parents, but just everybody. It shed light on like what we need to do for ourselves and the mental health toll that it takes when you are just all work all the time.
1: Yeah. And a 100% agree. I think that obviously pros and cons both ways, right? Like I always say, if I didn't have kids, I feel like I could have taken over the world by now, right? Because I I love to work. I love to work, as most of us do that start a business. And so I feel like if I didn't have something making me stop, I would work around the clock because I enjoy it. But I feel like having children has made me work so much smarter because I have limited time to get things done. So I have to be focused when I'm working. I think that there's obviously pros and cons to both ways, but definitely having kids makes you rethink every single
0: hour in your day. Yeah, and it makes you prioritize things. Before kids, I would say yes to every networking event and little event um that went on as far as, you know, like in the wedding space. Now, I I don't go to many because I'm like, is that worth my time? I put a higher value on my time now. Is that networking event like worth it to me to spend an hour of my time to go? But for those who are starting out, maybe it is worth it to you. Maybe making those connections is worth it to you. And that's not to say that you shouldn't do those things, but I think it's important to really evaluate it and not just do it because you think you should. Really analyze each opportunity or each conversation or each meeting that comes your way and just make sure that it makes sense for your situation.
1: I I could not agree with you more. I think you know now especially, I – I do not give up time on my calendar. It's like I protect it like my fourth born child <laughs> because it's every single hour that's on my calendar in my workday. I get, I have to really decide like, is this worth it? And for networking events, I still can vividly remember after I had my third daughter, I remember vendors giving me a really hard time about not seeing my face at a lot of the networking events. And at that point, I think I was, I don't know, seven years into my career, into my business. And it it just, I mean, I had three kids and like I I just started to reprioritize things, you know? And people would give me such a hard time, like, oh, fancy seeing you here, you know, I didn't think I'd see your face around. It's, you know, it's been forever. Oh. That's so rude. Yeah. And I, I remember I still can really remember being at one networking event and someone saying that to me. And I, I've of course my retort is always just like, yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know, I would never kind of feed into it. But for me, I just thought, wow, how sad for you that you don't have the confidence to do that, to make things a priority in your life. Like you know, I have chosen to prioritize my kids. I have three kids
0: now. And so I'm not going to be at every networking event. It's just not going to happen. But also that, you know, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors in people's homes and lives. And to say that, I think is just, it's it's extremely rude. And I think it goes back to that mentality that we're trained to have. And There's just got to be more conversations around it, so I'm glad we're having it. One of them today. There has to be more conversations around it, and the norm has to shift. Like that assumption has to shift because it is not healthy for anybody. I agree with you. Yeah, and it's
1: it's really all that hustle culture. It's like you know, I've I've done episodes on this before on the podcast about you know in the wedding industry especially, but I think just in general at, at this point in our world you know, it's the most stressed out, overworked and tired person at the networking event must be the most successful. And we have to stop it. We have got to stop it because that's simply not true. I actually would almost make up when I would go to a networking event. I remember times where I would make up, oh gosh, yeah, man, I'm exhausted. I've, you know, been burning the candle at both ends, even though I literally had not because I felt like, well, if i If I say, like, actually, I mean, I don't know. I'm fitting everything in in, like, six hours a day. Like, I feel super confident. (laughs) And that is – That's what defines success. Yes.
0: But people look at you like you're
1: crazy. So I remember thinking for a couple of years, I was like – I would hear it come out of my mouth and be like, what am I saying? This is not true. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's crazy how we define success. But it's up to us to change the narrative, right? Like, America especially is made up of small business. And so we can change it. We can change the narrative for our own businesses at a minimum and having these conversations
0: more and more. And I think the transparency of, you know, what it does take to to have a kid like I mean, like going back to that reddit feed. yeah, really breaking it down. Mm-hmm. the financial hit and just like I think it having transparency around it is is so key. And being honest with ourselves, like, on, with ourselves and with others. like No, I'm, I haven't been to networking events because that hasn't been my priority. Yeah. Right. So One of the things you hit on too, and I just want to make sure that we
1: really kind of drive this home for anybody that's listening and is kind of starting to prepare their business for being away is really, really consider that every single thing that takes you away from your home is great. It could be really great for your business, but make sure that it is. If you go to a networking event and you choose, yep, I'm going to go to this networking event, it's going to be important. Make it worth it. Like make connections, follow up with people. Really think before you go, what is it that I want to get from this event? How is this going to be impactful to my business? Or how am I going to impact others being here? You know, whatever that is, I think it's important to go and
0: with a goal in mind, so that you don't just kind of go and waste three hours and then go. Why did I go to that? Yeah, a thousand percent. And I've I've gotten so much better at that because that's that was like what I would do. I would go chit chat to people I already knew mm-hmm. and have a few drinks and then go home. When my time wasn't limited, eh, it's fine. Right. But I think whether you're a parent or not, I think we need to limit our time because, like, just for our own mental health. You know, they were fun, but. They weren't productive
1: yeah and how is every hour of your day or every appointment that you take obviously you guys I'm not saying like make every single minute productive in some way but really just be thoughtful about what those hours look like I think that's really the most important thing right
0: is, yeah you definitely have to be intentional with your time
1: yes I love that so be intentional about your time what do you feel like Brittany would be something that is a almost a not a pitfall but like something that you see fairly common that entrepreneurs don't do to prepare their business for
0: leave. I often see, and I was like I said, I was guilty of this the first time is just not preparing in advance. I think it's like, oh, I'll, I'll do it in the last month. And you're so, especially if you're, you know, if you're carrying the child, you're physically hurting and, and probably very uncomfortable. But regardless, if you are bringing a child into your home in any way, shape, or form, there's so much prep work that goes into it. And as prepared as you may be like that that those last couple of months is just very challenging. You've got your mind on other things. And so I think one of the biggest things is the finances and then just pr- making sure to prepare far in advance.
1: I think that that's absolutely imperative because so many of us do wait until the last minute or we say things like this was me with my second. Okay, so she was the first baby I had having my business, but I was like, well, I mean, I'm only going to be in the hospital for like three days. I had a C section. She was scheduled. So I knew when she was coming. So I was like, I mean, at max, I'm going to be away from my emails for like three or four days. And then I can work while I'm home. You know, I just won't have events. Wow. That was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I could tell anybody anything, please, I beg of you, do not say that. Like, give yourself two or three weeks at least away from your emails. You know, if you want to peek at them because you, feel like it fine but tell people you're going to be away from your emails and prepare them for it because you're exhausted whether you birth the child or not you have a brand new baby <laughs> in your home so it's a lot more than i think we we realize
0: you can say it all all day but unless you've lived through it it's it's really hard to understand that experience i know for me and i will you know i may be on you know the minority here for me i did need to look at emails some. I always told people I had my out of office on. So no one was under the assumption that I was reading emails. That helps with my sanity because it just helps with my anxiety. And and so I struggled with that. I really struggled that, with that for my first. And so my first, I actually took a shorter parental leave than I intended um, just because I needed that for my own mental health. Mm-hmm. But I did it for me. And I didn't do it because I felt – like I was not hustling enough or anything like that. I did it because my work makes me happy, so that's what I wanted. And I didn't feel pressured to do it, but I think it's be present, but also if it if it does help to read an email, then that's okay, but just make sure those boundaries are set. Make sure those, you know, people don't assume that you are readily available because it does take time. It takes time for you m- mentally, emotionally, physically, in some cases, to heal and to, you know, recalibrate yourself to this new role. Yeah.
1: It, it really is crazy how it can play with you mentally. And I couldn't agree more. Like, there should be no guilt in however you do it. We really want to get across in this episode is just plan so that you don't have to, To do it, you know? So let your clients know that you're having a baby. Let them know that you will have delayed responses for six weeks or whatever that looks like for you. I think you just don't want to have to get in front of your email,
0: right? You don't know how you're going to feel. Right. You have no idea. And with every pregnancy or every child, it could be different prepare to be away. And then if you if it does help to check in, if it does help your sanity, if it does help your anxiety to check in, then that's fine too. But um, set yourself up for success no matter what.
1: We also chatted a little bit, Brittany, and I, I do want to touch on this because you know one of the things that I feel very passionate about is in this industry, whether you're a parent or not, I think having, as a business owner, having a great support system is is really imperative to your sanity. Whether that's a partner, spouse, parent, best friend, like whoever it is, somebody that you can lean on. And I think communicating with that person before you have the baby. What about also maybe preparing our partner or your whoever your support person is going to be, if you can have someone um in advance of what that might look like for both
0: of you. You should definitely have expectation conversations before you even think about having kids. It's you need to be on the same page because I have seen marriages crumble after having children because one partner thought one thing and the other partner thought the other. Have that conversation before you get married. I know kids are probably the last thing on your mind, you know, in your 20s and engaged, but <laughs> It's so important because, like I said, like it can really affect your marriage. Um, having kids is hard. It takes a toll. It changes who you are as a couple, and hopefully you change mm-hmm. together, but it does change you. So I think ensuring that your partner is on the same page is, is crucial mm-hmm. to having a successful relationship post-kids.
1: Yep. I agree. And just, you know, not assuming that you can go right back to work or that they're going to be there. I think it's a, a lot of conversation about what does that look like? Are we doing daycare? One of us staying home? Or are we splitting the time? We didn't prepare in advance for. And thankfully, m- my husband is amazing and and wanted to be part of our girls every day. And he ended up actually quitting his job after our third to help stay home and take care of the kids while I ran our business. And so, but that wasn't something we prepared for and it could have gone way rogue. <laughs> you yeah. Know?
0: I mean, I'll be completely transparent here. So I live in the suburb of New York City on Long Island and my husband commutes into the city for work. He was out, you know, he worked from home for the last two years. So I had the twins in the peak of the pandemic, And so that was actually, you know, one of the silver linings about having twins in the pandemic is that my partner was home. (laughs) My partner was home and we were able to split time to take to doctor appointments and to, you know, when one kid was sick at daycare, okay, it's your turn to get him. Now he's starting to commute back and it's tough. We are currently like going through a little bit of a transition where it's like, okay, we have to just readjust expectations and start communicating. We started doing therapy together to kind of help us navigate that because I was starting to get resentful. I was doing mornings, you know, getting all three kids up, fed, clothed out the door. I was doing pickup at daycare. That's a lot for for someone to handle when the other person physically can't. He's There's a 40-minute commute, you know, into the city. I would start I could see myself like getting resentful. And it's hard. I'm I'm still working through it. Therapy definitely helps. So I'm very pro-therapy. I knew he'd eventually be going back into the office. And we tried to, you know, plan for it somewhat, but we didn't do it with enough time, I think. I didn't give myself time to really get myself there mentally before.
1: <laughs> I mean, I 100% agree with you and I I appreciate you sharing that because I think that there's definitely people who are listening that are like I feel this. You know, I feel the resentment towards my spouse because it's a reality. You know, I always say after we had our third, she was born in April and between April and October, it It's a blur. Like, I could not tell you what I did the day before. Like, I was, it was just surviving. And Mm -hmm. my husband had a terrible job that he worked like 14 hours a day, was never home. I just was like, I cannot do this, you know? And I think it's really, really challenging, especially when you have a business that is successful. Because, you know, if you're, if you kind of have a side hustle and you like it, but really, You'd be better. Maybe you're like, oh, well, I could just take care of the kids and maybe we let the business go. I don't know. Every, everybody has their different thoughts, but I think the resentment can creep in sometimes when it's like, but if I had time, my business could continue on this trajectory that it has. I think that resentment can build, but I really think that it's important to have those conversations. Therapy is amazing. Like, I think that if you can do it and you know that you need it, please do it because it is helpful to just have an unemotional third party.
0: (laughs) It totally is. And as entrepreneurs, like it's both a blessing and a curse that we do oftentimes have much more flexible schedules.
1: Yes. Because we need the time to build our business, you know, so it's not like you're just hanging out all day, you know? And then obviously our spouses, if, if like with your husband, he doesn't have the ability to have that flexibility so right. we're building resentment and they're kind of like what do you want me to
0: do about exactly. it <laughs> exactly exactly right. and it's it's hard to get through that and i mean i know the reality of it but it's navigating that emotional you know figuring out how to not have that resentment and you know what can we do as a couple to work through it in a way that like makes sense for us. And that looks different for everybody. As entrepreneurs, it's we're like the default. <laughs> we're like the default parent. Like, oh, Susie's sick, so I can go pick her up because I make my own hours. And that's that's hard, especially if your partner is not an entrepreneur and they they have you know the bank hours, and um, they can't get away. So,
1: oh my gosh, Brittany, this is such a good conversation. I feel like we can
0: it, so much more. We could. Say. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I just want to like continue to unpack this, and and also talk about. You know, my husband's worked with me for ten years, really because you know that's kind of where we came to. It was like either I'm selling the business, or at this point, just letting it go, or I don't know. And he was like, I'll quit my job, and we'll figure it out. And that's super rare it's it's had its own challenges really the the goal of this episode is to say please like prepare your business financially prepare in advance for your time away and communicate with your support person whoever that is so that the resentment doesn't build and so that you really can go back to running your business keep it growing all the things but as entrepreneurs we have the ability to decide how we're going to take that leave That's a blessing. That's incredible. It is. So Brittany, thank you so much for shedding light on this topic. I think that this was a really helpful episode for anybody that's considering leave
0: for their first, second, third, fourteenth child, you know? (laughs) What I hope is that it sparks conversation and gets people talking about it more, talking about the realities of what it takes to have children in you know, as an entrepreneur and hopefully, you know, causes some of those much needed, needed shifts to happen on like expectations and that whole like hustle mentality that we tend to have.
1: Right. Well, so Brittany, tell everybody where they can find you and learn more about you.
0: Yeah. So you can find me at loveinkmag.com and at loveinkmag across all social media platforms.
1: Brittany, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome.
0: Thank you. I really love this conversation. Thanks so much for having me. here's the thing. You can absolutely listen
1: to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to dish the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months.